Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. House of the Lord, thank you, praise team, for leading us in worship today. Just want to be sensitive to his presence that is here on this Memorial Day weekend, and it is a sombering weekend at times because we think about what was lost, but today we also, as we've said, we're celebrating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we need the presence of Pentecost. Amen? Amen. Pentecost is not dead. Uh, The power has not been taken away. God is still on his throne, and his spirit still dwells among the people who call on his name. And is there anyone in this room today who say, I believe in the power of Pentecost. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that he's alive in this room this morning with us. Hallelujah. So this morning we're going to talk about the presence of Pentecost. If you have your Bibles, grab them with me. And I have to apologize, I left mine on my desk and I usually have it right here. And you have to give me a little bit of grace. I'm I'm working a couple different positions right now and I'm trying to figure that out, how to get all my stuff lined up. And, uh, And so I'm just going to say it out loud. I believe this is the Word of God. I believe it's fully the Word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's Word today. I'm alert. I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You sounded good today. Well, if you have the outline, I encourage you to fill those out, and uh, we'll have uh, one more week of uh, talking about this before we take a little summer break. And, and uh, summer break doesn't mean you don't come back to Wednesday night later on. We're, we're recalibrating. We're, we're figuring some things out, and, and uh, we want to uh, be there. But be with us. We've had a great time in the last few weeks just talking about uh, Bible 101, talking about some, some history. It's been a good time. And so if you haven't been at any of them, it's okay. You can still show up to this one, uh, and uh, you'll, you'll enjoy what we're, what we're talking about. So if you look at your outline, it it should be very basic, very simple today. Uh, Three main points I want to pull out, and I want to start with the urgency of the Spirit's presence. How many has an urgency this morning for the Spirit's presence? Uh, My mind goes back to last week when Pastor Keith Halls, he he says, uh, does Jesus, thinking about Jesus, does still take your breath away? And and if you don't have an urgency, the the name of Jesus is not going to take your breath away in a good way. And I want his presence, amen? I'm willing, I want to wait, I want to tarry, I want to press in, I want to push in. How many is carrying flesh on you today? Uh, right? And you've got to shake that off. And it takes some time to press in. Uh, and I want to press in. I do want to say this. If it gets warm in here, we, it was cold this morning. So if it gets hot, I need somebody who has a sense to, to look at the thing and switch it from heat to cool. I don't know what. I just know it's getting warm up here. But I'll let someone take care of that out there. But we, we didn't set it back. But it was, it was chilling here this morning. But I'm ready for the presence of the Lord. Amen. And I need a, an urgency for His presence in my life. You need an urgency of the 
presence of the Lord in your life. But we have to have this, this urgency for His presence. And so I want to take us to beginning with, uh, on this Pentecost Sunday, to an Old Testament passage in the book of Psalms. And, and I want to look at Psalms 51. And, and even putting this message together, I'm putting together some passages I never really put together before, but this is where the Lord is leading uh, today, and so I'm trusting the Lord to guide us in this, uh, and we're going to look at the life of David for a moment, and so as we look at this, uh, the beginning part of Psalms 51, it, it begins to declare that this is to the chief musician, uh, magi- musician a psalm of David when Nathan The prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So just getting a little bit of a setup here, you're saying, how are you going to talk about David and Bathsheba on a day of Pentecost? Well, just hold on here. But here's what we have. We understand that David, being the king, usually would go out into the to the war zones with the with the troops. Uh, but he decided to stay back, and and he didn't he, he didn't go where he's supposed to. That's another message that we could preach on. You need to be where you're supposed to be. I'm looking at the camera right now. There's some of you that are be watching this maybe right now or later. You need to be here in the presence of the Lord because when you get away from the presence of God and you're not where you're supposed to do, guess what? Temptation becomes stronger, and the enemy wants to attack you, but how you pre- how you prevent that and how you fight against that is being where you're supposed to be. Sunday morning is a good place to be in the house of the Lord, just saying. Uh, I'm just telling you, if you're not here, I'm telling you the enemy is going to attack you anyway, but he's going to attack you even harder when you're not in the fellowship with other believers, because then he starts working on your mind, making you feel guilty that you're like, well, should I even go back next week because they may say something to me? No, don't let that stop you come back to the house of the Lord his presence is here but this is what happens when we get away from his uh, from his presence uh, extended times away from his presence the enemy is able to take advantage of that and he begins to put doubt in our life he throws up temptations and if we don't if we're not walking in the spirit we can succumb to those temptations that's a tactic of the enemy we need to be in the house of the Lord and I like to commend people at times, and I love seeing Brother James here, not to embarrass him, but he, he's had conversations. That he says, Pastor, there's a lot of times i got to leave like at noon. It's not because I don't like your preaching, thank you. It's not because I don't like the worship, thank you. He says, it's not because I don't like the church, thank you. He says, it's because I've got to get to work. But I find it better to come for an hour if I can just be in the house of the Lord for a little bit, uh, or even a half an hour at times, to be back and leave. And so I commend you for, for making that stand. Be in the house of the Lord. So there's needs to be an urgency. Someone say it with me. Urgency. We need to have the urgency of the Spirit's presence. And so in the Psalms we see that David instead of going out to battle this is in another passage in Samuel. Instead of going out to battle he stayed back and this is when he was at a weak point and he saw Bathsheba taking a bath on the rooftop and he said bring her to me and now Bathsheba was married to Uriah who was a great leader in the army and so we find out later on that Bathsheba is pregnant David says we got to take care of this. Here's how we're going to do it and he says let's get Uriah on the front line of battle that he may die and so I'm, I'm, I'm not sharing that whole story there's a lot more there but in the end Uriah dies on the battlefield and then 
the Nathan the prophet comes and talks to David about this situation. And there's a beautiful story of how he reveals this to him. And David says, hey, there needs to be judgment to, on this person. And then Nathan says, you're the person that I'm talking about. So all that right there, you have to come back for another message. But this is laid out for Psalm 51 because David begins to repent before the Lord because of the sin. If you're away from the presence of the Lord, you won't be convicted of your sin. But when you have an urgency for the Spirit of God in your life, you'll have the Spirit of God will reveal to you things that you need to change, things that you need to forgive, things you need to confess, and God will help you make it right because the Holy Spirit is one who's knocking on our hearts right now, and He's drawing us to Jesus Christ. Amen? So let's pick up in Psalms 51. David begins to cry out, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. This is his call of repentance. He realized what he did was wrong. And, and when you find out that you've been in sin, when you find out you've done something wrong, don't hold back, but get on your knees and repent to God. Let the Holy Spirit not just uh, convict you, but Lord, let, let him change us. Amen? Because we need to be changed in his presence. We need to have an urgency for the Spirit presence in our life. And the Spirit, the Spirit's presence is not just for Sunday morning. It's not just for when we're gathered in the church. You need the urgency of His presence with you wherever you are. In your work, in your home, uh, driving down the road, you need the urgency of the Holy Spirit to, to quicken you. How many of you believe that you've been spared uh, from an accident because the Lord moved on your heart? Pull over or, or stop here. Sometimes you think some, some uh, hindrances were there on, a, on an accident. No, God put some things in your way so you wouldn't be in that. Uh, uh, my wife had to leave town the, on Friday. Friday and, and so she, she got out a little bit later than she was anticipating but when she started to go out she found out that there was an accident on the interstate and a truck just lost his whole uh, wood load and, and there was plywood everywhere. If she left a little bit earlier she may have been under the plywood. Who knows? Uh, but God uh, at times he's ordering our steps if we're, we have an urgency for his presence in our life. So he's crying out I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Verse 4 Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in, my, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. I'm reading through this because you can't break this section apart. He's praying this prayer of repentance, but it's going to lead up to something important. Listen, purge me with hyssop. And I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. How many believes in the cleansing power of God? Amen. We're not living in sin. We've been freed from sin. It happens when we pray the prayer of repentance because the Spirit's been moving on our hearts. God, we want to be white as snow. How many wants to be white as snow? We need to live that way. Amen. I was told sometime in preaching, don't say you ought to. I'm going to go ahead and say you ought to anyway. We, you ought to live pure. They say, you're not going to win anybody over when you say that. No, this is this time to quit watering down the word and say, you, those are what you need to be pure as white as snow. 
I need to be pure, white as snow. This is what a requirement to get to heaven. We are to be righteous and holy people, blameless people. We can't make excuses anymore. Well, I'm a good person, and yeah, I may struggle with that, but I'm, I'm really, God knows my heart. Well, if your heart's been changed, then you're not going to keep dealing with the things that, you, that kept you down. Amen? we got to keep giving a Jesus. This is not to make anybody feel bad. This is to say, I need my heart to really be changed. I just don't want to, I don't want to try to get in saying, well, God knows my heart. You will live out what your heart tells you. Amen? So that's why the scripture says, above all else, above all else, above all else, because the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So we've got to guard our heart. Is it easy? No. But we've got to keep on doing it. Amen? And so we've got to keep bringing to God. God, if this is not pleasing to you, and you'll know it's not pleasing to you because the Holy Spirit convicts us. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. You don't need anybody telling you what you can do or can't do. You know what you can do and can't do because the Holy Spirit is saying that's not pleasing to, to God. That, that doesn't represent the, the kingdom of God. You need to probably put that away so you can be a great witness for Jesus Christ. So Lord, we pray right now, purge me. I want to be clean. Wash me. I'll be whiter than snow. And if he says he can do it, he can do it. Amen? Amen. But that happens when there's an urgency for the Spirit's presence. Verse 8. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. This is just David trying to, he's, he's writing. He, this is the way he is imagining it. God, I want you to hide your face from my sin. I want you to blot out my iniquities. And he's trusting the Lord that he's going to forget what he did wrong. And he's going to restore him and he's going to make him righteous. Amen. Here's verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart. You know your heart. You can't read much of scripture and not deal with your heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Steadfast, holding on unwavering. I'm not going to let the, the, the temptations of this world or the, the culture of this world determine how I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve you with my whole heart. I'm not going to make excuses for sin. I'm going to repent of sin. I, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to have a, a gray area in my life. I'm going to have it black or white, or it should be either red or white. It's either covered by the blood or it's not covered by the blood. Amen. Uh, God, or black or red. I guess I probably say it that way. I want to be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is a important. Do not cast away from me your presence, and do not take... Your Holy Spirit from me. This is in the Old Testament. This is before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. But the presence of God has always been. So, newsflash, the Holy Spirit didn't show up in the New Testament. He was there at the beginning of creation, and he, he hovered over the earth. He was a part of creation. He, he moved on the, the prophets of old, and they began to prophesy when the Spirit of the Lord fell upon them. And, and David knew the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, as a comforter, that he was with him, and, and he was one that led him. And so he began to have this urgency. I realized that I was in sin, and I realized what I did was not pleasing to you. And, and so, God, I'm asking, don't take away your spirit from me uh, 
I have an urgency. I need your presence. I need your spirit with me wherever I go. There's an urgency, God. I don't want to be out of your presence. I don't want your spirit to be away. Anybody have an urgency to be in the presence of the Lord this morning? There, here comes the glory of the Lord. I want to press in. Here comes the presence of the Lord. I'm not going to let the world weigh me down. I need the presence of God. Do not take your presence, your spirit from me, O oh Lord. Then he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. If you keep in the presence of God, you're going to have the joy that you're looking for. And uphold me by your generous spirit. Again, I need your spirit. There's an urgency here. And then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners shall be converted to you. How many wants to be a witness for Jesus Christ? The key is having the presence of the Holy Spirit, the urgency of His presence in our lives. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So the next point, the ultimatum of the Spirit's presence. I know that's like, wait, an ultimatum. Let me give you the definition. Straight from Webster, it's a final proposition, condition, or command. There's ultimatums in the scriptures. You remember, I never thought about it like that, but if when you look at this definition, there's a final proposition, there's a final condition, there's a demand. How many wants to go to heaven? There's a demand on our life to go into heaven. We have to confess our sins. Well, let's see what Jesus says about this. In John chapter 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Rick if you'll help us with this temperature. I'm seeing some fanning, and I'm about to faint. The ultimate, or the ultimatum here, Jesus said, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born again, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, and he answered, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born of water and the, say it with me, the Spirit... He cannot enter the kingdom of God. The ultimatum that Jesus says, simple, you have to be born again. There's a demand on our life. We can't just slide into heaven. Don't grab into teachings of cheap grace. Jesus died on the cross, gave his life for us, the great Redeemer being sacrificed for us. He poured it all out on the cross for us that we may have eternal life. If we could truly understand the sacrifice that He made, 
and that the covering our sins and the price that was paid for us, we wouldn't want to just try to slide into heaven, but we would want to say, God, I want to be completely under your submission. I want to be completely under your authority. I want to be completely under your hand. I don't want to even have anything to do with this world and the temptations of this world. I want to follow after you, and I'm willing to live my life completely for you. And Jesus says, unless we are born again, a transformation takes place, a changing of our heart through repentance. That's what the Spirit of God does in us. We, and the term we use, being born again, fresh and anew, in His presence. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to us as believers and to those who have not called on the name of the Lord yet, that we cannot get into heaven by any other means than other calling on the name of the Lord, confessing our sins, saying, I am a sinner. I have been born in a sin. I have lived in sin, but I don't want to do it anymore. I don't have the power in my own strength. I don't have the power in my own will to overcome sin, but I understand that you died for me, Jesus, and if I will call on your name and I'll ask you to forgive me, you forgive me of my sins, you wash me white as clean and white as snow, and you'll give me the power and the strength to live a righteous life. How many believes that today? He'll give us the power and strength. So the ultimatum is there's only one way into heaven. Jesus says, I'm the only way, the truth, and the life. There is only one way to heaven. It's in believing in Jesus Christ. Being born of the Spirit. We have to have an urgency of the Spirit's presence in our life. To be born again. Now, this is not on this day of Pentecost Sunday. We're not saying that you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues. As we believe, that's not the, that's not the ticket to heaven. Our freedom in Christ is confessing Him. That's what gets us to heaven. But he has so much more for us here on earth uh, in, uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he, he said, I have to go away so I can send the comforter to be with you, to be in us, to walk beside us, right? We need the power of the Holy Spirit. There needs to be an urgency. How many wants a spirit uh, in every part of your life? Now think about that. Every part of your life. There's some that say, yeah, I want him, with well, except for over here. Maybe not, maybe not here. Well, if you have those maybe not here moments, you need to go back to the altar and say, God, I need to lay it all down because I need you in every part of my life. There has to be an urgency. If there's not an urgency, how many wants the Holy Spirit to walk beside you and not behind you trying to chase you down? I want to have the comfort to, that he's with me. Because when he's with me, Josh, stand up. It's dangerous sitting on the front row. When he's not the Holy Spirit, but he's going to act like it for just a minute. When the Holy Spirit is with you, he's walking beside you. I have come, I don't have, to, he, I can see him out of the corner of my eye. I know he's right. Don't stay up with me. The Holy Spirit stays with him. He, Holy Spirit's right there. We're going to turn. Are you able to do that? Let's go. Here we go. Holy Spirit. He's with me. Now there's a difference if he's behind me. He's, he's there. He can see me, but I can't see him. If I don't have him in the urgency of being right here, I'm wondering, is he really there? Maybe he's not there, I can go ahead and go in here. Maybe he's not there and I can go over there, but when he's right beside me, 
No, I'm not going in there. I'm not buying that. I'm not drinking that. I'm not smoking that. I'm not saying that because he's right here with me. Amen? How many wants the urgency of the Holy Spirit to, to be with you? Heavenly Father, right now we declare we have, a, have the urgency that you're with us, O oh God. With us, O oh Lord, everywhere we're at. Hallelujah. So I want to go to Acts chapter 10. The urging of the Spirit's presence. Now I don't have time to walk through this whole passage. We've preached on this before, but again... Uh, kind of like Christmas, there's certain passages you bring out, and this is one that just stands out of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's for us today. So if you'll bear with me again to share from Acts chapter 10, but under this title of the urgency, or the urging of the Spirit's presence, the urging. There's a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, satirian of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man, and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. He wasn't a Jewish man. He heard about God. He hasn't heard about Jesus. You need to know that going into this, this context. He feared God. He gave generously. But he didn't know the story of salvation. He didn't know what Jesus has done. And so he's still calling on, the, on God it says about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in him and saying to him, Cornelius, got his attention. How many knows that God can give visions to people who don't know him yet? We have heard testimony from missionaries and of people around the world who, who don't and haven't heard the name of Jesus, but have seen Jesus in a dream and begin to move on their heart. One of, one of them is Dr. Hong Yong, and, and he's a missionary now for the Church of God, and, and he's shared his story. And I've, I've mentioned his story before. But God came to him, Jesus came to him in a dream. He didn't know God yet. God is able. No one put God in a box. He is able. So the Lord gives Cornelius a vision, and he gets his attention. He says, and Cornelius, when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? That's a good response. When the Lord's moving on your heart, when he begins, say, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? What do you want of me? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up before me as a memorial before God. And then he began to speak to him and he says, now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. I've just got to pause here right now. There may be some assignments that you're called to that you don't know that you're called to. That people may say, hey, can you, can you come over to our house? I want you to share something with our friend. Don't turn down assignments from God. Because you don't know who's going to get saved, who's going to get filled. God, how many knows that God wants to use the people of God? And there, we can have missed opportunities. When they're, when they're interested and say, I need to talk. We, we, we're, we're seeing some things that God is doing in our house. And we need somebody to help us. Don't be afraid. God can speak through you. God can use you. So send me men to Joppa. Get Peter. He's lodging with Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants devout soldiers from among those who waited on him continually 
And so when he explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. Now, if you begin to read the rest of that passage, you'll find out at the same time that Peter is at uh, Simon's house, and he is getting ready to have a meal, but he goes upstairs, and in that waiting time, the Lord speaks to him in a vision. We don't have the time to unpack that vision this morning, but God began to speak on the heart of Peter to be ready to accept the Gentiles. And, and so as a, when he gets done with that, we see that these servants come to the house where he's at, and they say, hey, our master uh, Cornelius has been praying to God, and we're supposed to get you to bring you back. Uh, we have some questions. And so Peter, because of that vision, goes with these men and they're now at the house of Cornelius. I'm going to pick, uh, Cornelius. I'm going to pick him in verse 33. And so Cornelius is speaking to Peter. He says, so I sent, he began to explain the dream that he had. So I sent to you immediately and you have done well to come. Thank you for coming to my house. Now therefore, we, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded by you or by God through you. Now listen. We're in this room. We've come together to hear the word of the Lord. How many is ready to hear what he's saying to us today? How many believes that this word, his, his word is alive? And it's true. We made that declaration. So just like those who sat in Cornelius' house ready to hear what Peter is saying, we come today with anticipation, God, what are you saying right now through your messenger, whoever that might be, might be me, might be a guest speaker, whatever. But Lord, we come with open ears to hear what you have to say to us through your word. I want to have an open heart. I want your spirit to move on me. And so they're ready. They join together. Cornelius got his household together. That could speak to some people right now too. Bring your household. It's important. Cornelius said, I, I, he, 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 I mean, think about this. God got a hold of him in a dream. If God's going to that extremes to get somebody's attention, it's more than just him that Cornelius, that God wants to speak to. He wants to speak to the household. God wants your household safe. How many believes that? How many, how many desiring for the presence of God just to, to, to overcome your homes? your families that are even out. I believe that it's going to happen as we keep having the urgency. We're going to keep on praying and keep on believing. We're going to keep sharing the message to them in love. They may get tired of it. I keep going back and forth. Can I just tell you about that for a moment? I, I go back and forth on, on this part. Sometimes I, I feel like, you know, you just got to love them, leave them alone, because if, if you bug them too much, then they're just going to keep resisting. Then there's other times the urgency comes in. It's like, I've got to find a way. And we've got to encourage the people. Keep telling your families they need. Because the day of the Lord is approaching. And the prophets of old were never popular. And the message may not be popular to those who are in sin until their heart is broken before God to hear. And then this is what they're going to say. Thank you for never giving up on me. You drove me crazy all the time. Easter and Christmas and Mother's Day and all these other things. And, and, and you keep asking me to come. And, and I finally gave in. How many believe that God is going to move on those hearts? We can't stop right now. God is calling us to keep preaching and keep sharing and keep loving. We're praying for the prodigals. We're not going to give up. So I'm praying right now, Lord, a covering over this congregation and those that are watching online. Lord, let the urgency and the power of God and the presence of God rise up in them. Let their lost loved ones see the power and the glory of God in their lives. 
How many wants your children to see the glory of God in your life? Are you praying? Are you seeking? Are you living it out? If you're not living out, we can't expect them to, right? I know this seems hard, but we've got to live it out before them. We've got to seek God for all that we can. We need to surrender all to Him when, because when we're full of Him, it begins to overflow. And this is what happened to Cornelius. He feared God, and because of that and because of the relationship, it was overflowing in his life. And he says, I, I had a vision from God. Peter came here, and I need everybody I have uh, influence over to hear this message. Here's the message. The word you know, which was proclaimed throughout Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism that, that John preached. How God anointed Jesus. And this is, this is Peter preaching now to the house of Cornelius. He says, you've heard about Jesus. His, 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 I'm telling you the, the, about the Jews and, and what happened. He says, how God anointed Jesus and that with the Holy Spirit and with power. What was the fame of Jesus? Not just because he was a good teacher. He was a great teacher, right? But there was something different about Jesus that was recognizable instantaneously. He had power from above. The Holy Spirit empowered Jesus Christ to perform miracles, to do wonders. Miracles get the attention of people. How many believe that? How many believe that God is not done with miracles and he wants to work miracles here? Amen? Miracles get the attentions of people. They'll want that. But what they're really wanting, they don't know yet, they need to fill the void in their life, and Jesus wants to fill that void with his love. So God anointed Jesus Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging him on a tree. In him, God raised up on the third day. How many believe that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead? Amen? And here's what happened. When Peter was preaching these words, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in the room, because Peter was on his knees praying before God, he was anointed by God before he showed up to that place. Cornelius was praying. There was a perfect ingredients of prayer together that set the atmosphere for what was about to happen. When pre Peter was preaching about Jesus Christ, don't get tired of hearing the salvation message. How many has been saved for more than five years? How many has been saved more than 10 years? How many has been saved more than 15 years? How many has been saved more than 25 years? Aren't you glad for the salvation message that saves people today? And I don't get tired of hearing that Jesus was buried, he was crucified, that he died for my sins, but on the third day, he didn't stay buried, he didn't stay dead, the tomb wasn't sealed completely for eternity, but the stone was rolled away, and Jesus walked out under the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that quickened, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, is the same Spirit that quickens us, and we're made alive in him, and I desire the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's alive. He wants us to experience Him. It says, while Peter was speaking these words, 
that Jesus Christ is the only way, that Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, that he's sitting on the right hand of the Father right now, making intercession for us. He's on the right hand of the Father on our behalf. He's over us. He's died for us. He wants to fill us with his spirit that we may be walk in the fullness of God. How many want to walk in the fullness of God? God has something for you this morning. He has something for everyone in this room. I shouldn't say something. He has his presence he wants to fill us with. How do I know? Because when I read this passage, there's a group of people that begin just to know who Jesus was through this message. But there's something that was stirring in the atmosphere. And the same, can I just tell you, the same God that was in the house of Cornelius, the same spirit that was there is in the house right now. He's in this room right now. And here was the response. While Peter was still speaking these words, uh, the words about Jesus Christ, uh, he wasn't preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was preaching on Jesus Christ uh, and what Jesus did. But here's what happens uh, when we begin to hear about Jesus uh, and we begin to say, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to draw closer to Jesus. Didn't he say, if you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. If we get excited. Anybody excited about hearing the name of Jesus this morning? Has anybody been set free by the power of the Holy Spirit because of Jesus? When we hear about Jesus, I want to get closer to him. I want to sing more about him. I want to hear more about him. I want to pray a little bit longer. I want to shout a little bit longer. I want to dance a little bit longer when I hear about Jesus. It changes. It stirs me up. I want to get closer. And so under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, when Peter was preaching this message about Jesus, it says that the, when he spoke these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the words. I want to let you know, the same spirit that fell in the house of Cornelius, it can be falling in this place today. Those who hear these words, and here's what happened. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. The spirit of God moved because they were hungry. There was an urgency. It wasn't, I just want all that God has for me. It was, I want all that God has. I, I'm open for what, I don't know what it sounds like. I don't always understand why this is happening. All I know is I want all of God, and so I'm not going to hold back. I, I just want all of you, God. I want all of you. I don't want to, I don't have to have the answer before I get received from you. I just want to know. I know it's real. I know the Holy Spirit is real. I know the power is real because I've read about it. How many is reading the same words that I'm reading? For they heard them speak with tongues and and magnify God. Say that with me. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Lord, we magnify you in this place today. We worship you, Lord Jesus. The rest of the passage deals with them being water baptized because they were Gentiles. And Peter says they received the same Holy Spirit as we did. We shouldn't forbid them from being water baptized. They're in the fellowship just like we are. So here's what I want to do this morning. You ready to do the Bible? I know we haven't done this for a while. But this week, I want you to read Acts chapter 2. The whole chapter. 
You've read it before, but read it again. And I want you to declare this. Are you ready? Lord, I believe you poured out your Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and that you are still pouring out your Holy Spirit today. Fill me and use me, Lord. I am yours. That's the prayer. To be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's all you have to say is to have that heart, that declaration. I am yours. You don't have to plead for the gift. He's not dangling the Spirit over our heads like you've got to keep grabbing for it. He wants to pour out His Spirit on all flesh as we yield to Him. And I know everyone can have that share the story who's been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's how we say it because we see that in the accounts and acts. We see it even here. They begin. How do they know they were filled with the baptism? They spoke with other tongues. How many believe that we serve the same God there? He hasn't changed. It's the same Holy Spirit. He hasn't stopped pouring out His Spirit. He still wants us to know that we're filled with His Spirit. But again, it's not for just speaking in tongues. It's to be witnesses for Him to the lost, for us to magnify Him. But it's this prayer right here, this declaration that we say, fill me and use me, I am, I am yours. It's the surrendering part. That's the hardest part of letting go and saying, I'm yours. You can say it a hundred times, but there becomes a moment where, where your heart and your mouth and your mind begin to connect and, and it all lines up. And I'm, I am yours. I, I, I want to be filled. And then the Holy Spirit begins to move on you and you begin, you have a sensation. I want to say something. I don't know what to say. Don't worry about that. Just begin to speak out what God is putting on your, on your mouth. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. No one can teach you. No one can give you the words. But it's a surrender. And I was there, I was a, as a little boy, I, I prayed. I thought I was surrendering. I, I, I wish it was just, but there came a moment when I was 13 years old at an Illinois youth camp. And I just kept tearing in the altars. Now I know God can do things quick. For some it's, it's happening, there's others it's, it's tearing. It's praying because we're getting over this flesh. And we're surrendering. And, 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 we're, and we're at times, even some are kind of afraid, what is this? What is this going to be like? Maybe I'm going to say the wrong thing. And you get all these things playing. Don't worry about those things. Don't worry about anybody else. Just focus on God and keep saying, I am yours. I'm totally sold out to you, O God. If you see any wicked ways in me, again, Psalms 51, cleanse me. Because we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit subsequent to a clean heart. That means I've got to have it all. It doesn't mean you're perfect. But it means that you surrendered it all to God. Does that make sense? I give it all to you. He may even convict some of us today of some things that we need to lay aside. That doesn't make us feel bad or say that you're a bad person, you're a bad Christian. He's saying, I have better things for you. If you'll lay this to the side, if you'll, I'll, I'll, let, I'll take and I'll give something else in its place that you'll find more joy, more contentment, and fullness in by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you willing to lay it aside? Are you willing to give it all? Let's read this declaration again. Lord, I believe you poured out your Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and that you are still pouring out your Holy Spirit today. Fill me and use me, Lord. I am yours. I'm just going to read a couple of verses from Acts chapter 2. 
But this was what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it, was, and it shall come to pass in the last days. How many believes we're in the last days? The last days weren't just the New Testament era. The last day wasn't just when Jesus was on, uh, on the grounds. It wasn't just when he ascended. It wasn't just in the life of the apostles. We are in the last days. He says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servant, on my masons, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven and above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. How many knows that he's coming back? And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But look what happened. They shall be saved. Over 3,000 that day was added to the church. But we also know that many were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The accounts are taking place. And I'm saying today that the Lord wants to pour out His Spirit in this place today. And so would you stand to your feet? This is going to be a simple altar call. Go ahead and Begin to play the music. We're going to worship with some other songs right now. But if you need the baptism, have an experience of baptism of the Holy Spirit, you believe that it's real, I want you to come without hesitation this morning. If you need a refilling, a retouching, it's been a while since I just feel like the presence of God. I, I think everybody in the room could probably say, I could use a little bit more of the Holy Spirit in my And So I'm just opening up this uh, altar. So let's just begin to seek God. If you want me to pray with you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'll pray. Maybe some other brothers or sisters will pray with you too. But I believe that God is going to do something. So we're not going to have a closing prayer. Maybe later we'll find out. But right now, I just want to press in. Anybody want to join me? Come on down.